I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, welcome to In The Pink, sponsored by Bose. Stay home, stay healthy, stay connected. Obviously, the the massive career seismic shift in your in your life was was Game of Thrones. But you, yeah. this is going back to sort of what 2011, 2012. You came in for yeah, season. that's right. Tell me how that came about, and uh, how did you feel about working in the fantasy genre? That, that was something pretty new to you. New to me. It was absolutely new to me. When my agent rang me up and said, look, I have this thing coming over with dragons and this, and I said, let me stop you there. Let me stop you. I think, let me save your breath. And she went, no, Lee, please read it, read it. And she said, look, it's HBO. And people who, you know, made The Sopranos and et cetera, et cetera, everything. Uh, wonderful, gorgeous stuff. And I said, right, well, I'll give it a read. Um, and when I read it, I went, this is... Uh, the writing again it's always the writing if you're worth your salt it's it's always the story that's how I mainly turn down things because the stuff's not on the page um, and it's about power it's about legacy it's about family it's about it's a, it's a it's a bit like in a strange way it's a bit like the sopranos which I'm just enjoying at the moment I've never watched it I'm enjoying it now it's great um uh, and I really like that aspect of it that it was this strange place where these remarkable things happen you, you we couldn't tell the story with that we did tell set in a modern kind of you know three-piece suit world uh it wouldn't work um but when i when i read it i went up and met them i said yeah i'll have a bit of this i went up and met, met them for and for not the part that i played another part and um oh yeah 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 i do i want to know that uh no i'm not telling you um no, it was it was played brilliantly. They were actually right. They came back to me, and I thought it was used the usual Hollywood um, Jake off, you know the old goodbye. Um, and I said, look, we're going to go the, another direction with this part, but we want you to come back uh, and have a chat with you for the next season. And I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is don't call us, we'll call you. Um, and uh, surely enough, they they called me back and said, look, we're starting a new season, second season. Uh, will you come up and have a chat with us? Uh, and I went up and we did another meeting and I, I met them again. And uh, and hence I ended up as Davos Seaworth, yeah, the smuggler. Um, and it has been, it's been bizarre. Yes, as I like to say, it's, it, it took me about 25 years to become an overnight success. <laughs> how surprised are you by just how big Game of Thrones became? 
Everyone was. Anybody dares tell you that they knew it was going to be a success is a filthy liar because nobody knows. That's up to the audience, and usually, and maybe a little help from the critics and stuff. Um, but pe people, I think people latched onto it because the the characters. Um, it was difficult to work them out. We didn't, you know, the, in our show, the, the 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 bad guy wasn't wearing the black hat, and the good guy wasn't wearing the white hat, and you found yourself. I mean, if you look at the first season with, you know, Ned Stark and uh, when the guy we've been following as the lead character ends up decapitated before the end of the first season, that's when people went, sorry, what's going on here? You don't kill the leading man. What? And it kind of blew the top off. But it also meant as a viewer that all bets were off. Mm. Um, nobody was safe. You couldn't, you, you, where, do you, where do you, you know, where do you put your, your loyalty? And like Jamie, even um, who I think you met, um, Nikolai, gorgeous Danish man. You the Monaco Grand Prix. I did, yeah. I brought it. Yes, I was the ugliest one there. Yes, I brought Kit Harrington, and I brought Nikolai Costa Waldau too, as my mother would call them, handsome Harrys. <laughs> um, I brought them with me, and and then and then Julie discovered that I became invisible. But Nikolai's character, Jamie. Yeah, it's despicable, despicable yeah. in the yeah. first. You hated him. Yeah, no, uh, and and then you know the the whole all the stuff with Brienne with Gwendolyn, uh, where you kind of and then you kind of go as an as a you know as a punter you're watching, kind of going, oh maybe I was a bit hasty here. There could be a, a chink of humanity in this guy, and then you you know so there was things shifting all along, you know, um, you know as well as that. The, sorry. What, I know, I was just going to say, I think I actually said that to him in Monaco. I said, look, I, I really wanted to hate you. And then I really fell in love with you. We all did. And then yeah, it just yeah. came back to the fact you were shagging your sister. And uh, <laughs> I, don't I went, know, it's insane. But it's true. You were like, how yeah. rooting for this guy who's done so many despicable things. And it's all because I of the woman who is heinous. But it's a woman, yeah. actually his sister. His it's twin sister. Yeah, there you go. Ah! Yeah, I know it's it's awful, but at the same time, dramatically, you know, these things kind of put you as as a viewer, you kind of look at it and go, the cheek of them asking me to have any sort of empathy or sympathy with a with a guy or the girl, you know, uh, I mean, look at Aria. When I, I I meet lots of lots of young girls, kind of took her as a role model, right? Because she was, you know, she ballsy. She she uh tiny and yet took them on. I went, Oh, so this is a role model. Oh, yeah, she's great. Nothing to keep her down. I said, You do realize that she's actually a serial killer. She has a list of people that she's going through, yeah. murdering them as she goes along. And she's your role model. And people laugh. And that's what it is about bending perceptions about when you're watching something like that. You kind of got the cheek of you. And I, it, like in my case, when I was reading it, you, you kind of have a respect that. The producers didn't make it easy for themselves. George or Martin, who wrote the books, didn't make it easy for himself. He didn't make he, he wrote characters that he didn't make easy to like or love or even have empathy with. But you kind of gonna go, you kind of go, well, okay, okay. I mean, Cersei is a horrible killer, but you kind of understand her motivation because she was completely obsessed about her children. Mm. And as a you know, any mother watching watching that character, you you. you you kind of go, yeah, she's doing horrible things, but I, I get why she's doing them. And that's what the clever thing is, that, that you can watch people, how close can you get to the edge of madness while trying to protect your family or whatever it may be. So, uh, 
and that's what's good drama. That's what good drama is. Mm. It does. It really keeps you on your toes, and it and it does go back to the old adage that everyone is as they are for a reason. Um, I tell yeah. you what, I think your character is one of the few that is consistently likable. Um, even you got yeah. a shady past. Um, <laughs> you, you you endured, and and I love that. I love the fact that yeah. you were in from season two right till the very end. Yeah. Were you, did you enjoy playing that character as a part of you that wanted someone a bit more Machiavellian? No, no, listen, I've done the bad, listen, but ahead like this, you're going to be doing a lot of body roles. Uh, so to be brought in as this, uh, as this, uh, this voice of reason, uh, and I, I love the idea that he, you know, when we met him, he couldn't even read or write. Uh, and yet, <clears throat> I love the idea of, of this, this guy from, a, uh, from Flea Bottom, the worst you know, slum in King's Landing, mm. that he had more nobility uh, and decency and loyalty about him than all the heavily educated um, people who are who are wealthy and had, you know, kings and queens and princes and lords and all that sort of stuff. And yet this guy came in and, and uh, had a streak, a streak of, of decency in him. And, and he, 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 I loved us. He was more noble than most of the rest of them put together. Um, and I wasn't afraid to speak his speak his mind to his boss, hard truths and all that stuff. Yeah, I love the the subplot with um, with him and um, Stannis's daughter. That was a, a Shireen. Yeah. Oh, they did terrible things. They killed me. I read that in this chair I'm sitting in uh, when they sent it down. What happened when the the end of that relationship? I mean, if anybody hasn't watched it yet, I don't. Want to, there's about four people out there still haven't watched it yet, so I'm not going to give too much away, just in case. Um, but but I was in floods of tears reading what happened in that, you know. And then when we came to, uh, uh, oh, I did. I do. I give you a laugh. I did a terrible thing to my daughter. Uh, I'm well known as a thief uh, on on the set. I'm I'm the most successful thief from Game of Thrones set. I've I've stuff all over the house um, that I stole. Um, uh, from set, but one of the things I got was uh, I don't know if you remember, but I carved Shireen um, a um, a stag, a stag. So I gave my daughter this burnt stag. Uh, obviously, just after we'd finished filming, which wasn't going to hit the TV until months and months later. So when I gave it to her, my daughter in, in our room upstairs has her wall of awesome. She keeps all her stuff, all her. Uh, nerdy stuff, big nerd. She's a video game designer, big, big nerd. Um, and uh, when the episode came on, <clears throat> I obviously wasn't there when they were filming it. I'd read it about a year before and broken hearted. And I wasn't there when they filmed it because for obvious reasons, I'm not part of the scene. But when it was, when it was coming on, I went, uh, I said, do you remember the stag I gave it? She said, yeah. I said, it's probably a good idea to get it now. She said, what do you mean? And she went, I said, go on, just get it. I'd completely slipped my mind what was about to happen. Uh, and she had, the, she had the actual stag, burnt stag in her hand. Uh, no, sorry, the, the stag, yeah, the stag. Uh, uh, I got two stags. They were carved one on the burnt one for the following season. And I said, go and get your stag. And she sat there with the stag in her hand as, as Shireen is walking. And when I was watching it, I, my eyes were filling up and I looked down the end of the side. I just realized all of a sudden, oh my God, I just gave my own daughter the stag. And she was down in the end, inconsolable, dying on the sofa. And I felt like 
I felt like I'd beaten my daughter up. It was terrible. How, how old was she watching it? Uh, well, she's 27 now. <laughs> <laughs> so she was like, she was like, oh, 24. <laughs> she wasn't a kid. <laughs> but she, she idolized the show. I know, I yeah, she, what, yeah. I tell you what, I probably <laughs> sobbed in that scene and it just actually made me stop any kind of loyalty or rooting for Stannis in that very moment. Yeah. I, I can't yeah. Guy. There's, there's nothing he can do now that will win me yeah. back over. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I know that. Well, that's what Davos stayed loyal to him. Yeah, that's he did his job. Yeah, well, he didn't want to go. He didn't want to go. He did try and fight him. To, he was shouted at to leave. He knew something was up. But you gotta, you know, you gotta yeah. play the piper. Oh yeah. my god. Um, and so. How much are you aware of the bigger picture when you're filming these scenes? How how aware of you of everything else that's going on and pulling together? It's the first time that you actually see it in its entirety when it's broadcast. Yeah, I see it the same time. Listen, we got up, we said our, because you know, um, Sky did the um, simulcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, they were on at whatever, two o'clock in the morning, I think, um, the six episodes. I'd seen, I'd seen the first one because I went to New York for the premiere. That was huge, mental. Um, and we took over Radio City there. It's very strange. Anyway, for the five, the next five ones after I flew back um, in our house, we all watch it on the sofa. My youngest is kind of 19 now. Uh, and uh, so we all set our alarms for like 1.15 in the morning. We came down in our at pajamas and our nighties and our toweling robes, uh, bleary-eyed with our hair out that way at two o'clock in the morning uh, and we watched it live. We watched it the same as everybody else at two o'clock in the morning, six of us in the south inside. And, yeah. and, and how do you feel watching it back? Like it obviously must be immense amount of pride. Is there an element of surprise? Are you as taken aback as, as we are as the fans of the show? Oh, well, I know every, I know, I know everything. I mean, you know, there, there's, uh, I wouldn't do a job where I didn't, wasn't in full possession of like the scripts, you know, there's a lot of, there's probably quite a few Hollywood movies where, you know, people are coming in doing two, three days. That's all they're given because they're so scared about the story getting out. Um, and they were scared with errors as well, but <clears throat> they, at least they, you know, they paid us the courtesy of, I, I have always had all the scripts. I knew exactly what was going to happen before from day one of shooting. Um, so you know what's going to happen, but you don't know how they're going to shoot it. You don't know how it's going to be acted. You don't know how, you know, what music is going to be on top of it. So it's like layers, you know. We know the story. We know how it's going to... It's, you know, it's a bit like people who read the books. Um, you know, you know what's kind of going to transpire. But you, um, you, you love seeing other people's imaginations being layered on top of it, you know. So, so that, that was it. Thanks so much for listening to In The Pink. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast you've listened to so far. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Check out our Instagram page at in underscore the underscore pink. And you get all the details there about how you can win some of those Bose noise cancelling headphones. And join the community. We're all talking about the various guests that we've had on the podcast and who we'd like to see and hear in the next few weeks. So thank you for joining us. Stay with us. Stay healthy. Stay home. Stay connected with Bose. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.